0: One of my uh, favorite times of the year, <clears throat> believe it or not, is to uh, speak on the last Sunday of the year. I feel like it uh, represents a lot of things in our lives, and, and uh, we're closing out a section of our life. Now, for some of you, it's uh, you're just starting this thing. You're young enough to remember that each year hasn't happened a lot. For some of you, you're kind of in the middle part of your life, and you go, yeah, we're just kind of getting into a routine, and for some of us, it's like, yep, another year's done, and we've seen... Similar things happen, and we kind of hope that uh, things that have happened this year won't happen next year, and we, kinda, we try to build it in our way of thinking. But this morning, I want to talk to you about uh, focusing on a year ahead by looking at what's behind us. We're going to look at some Hebrew words this morning, and uh, you're going to see that the Hebrew way of thinking ha- has some really, has some depth to it, and I enjoy it. If you have your Bibles, open to Jeremiah 29, and you can just keep your finger in Jeremiah 29. We're going to look at uh, several verses there, but um, if you didn't bring your Bibles today, bring them next time, but you'll see that we put the scriptures on the verse. We come to 2019, the end of it, and we find ourselves at different stages. Some of us had the most amazing year we've ever had, and we are basking in the glow of it, and we're just kind of on a roll, and we enjoy it. So you're kind of sitting here this morning going, can you see the glow around me? Some of us are in a spot we never thought we would find ourselves in the most challenging year we've ever faced. Things that, that happened this last year that we had no idea that we were going to be a part of our lives. And some of us are, are in a place in, in 2019 as we come to the end where it was just a matter of putting one foot, foot in front of the other and just, just existing, just kind of getting through where we were. One of my favorite books, we, we preached through it several years ago, has a quote right at the beginning. The book is called The Hope Quotient, and I like this because I think about, as I come to the close of 2019, what is it that God wants to continue to do in me? And then I listen to this list that Ray Johnston gave us. Lock him in a prison cell, beat him and shipwreck him, and you have the Apostle Paul. Deafen him, and you have a Ludwig von Beethoven. Cripple him, and you have a brilliant novelist and poet, Sir Walter Scott. Raise him in abject poverty, and you have an Abraham Lincoln. Burn him so severely that doctors say he will never walk again, and you have a Glenn Cunningham, the man who set the world's one-mile record in 1934. Strike him down with infantile paralysis, and he becomes a Franklin D. Roosevelt. Call him a slow learner and write him off as uneducable, and you have an Albert Einstein. Have her born black in a society filled with racial discrimination, and you have a Rosa Parks. Subject him to torture in a Japanese prison camp for more than three years, and you have a Louis Zamperini. And that list reminds me of how important it is for us to not quit what God has designed in our lives. So, this morning, and I love this, there's a, there's a wide variety in our, in our congregation this morning, all ages. And so, each one of you looks at finishing what you've been a part of in a different way. Some of you are deciding what to do with your lives. And you're looking at things that you like, and you're, you're taking subjects in school, and, and you try to say, I changed my major five times when I was in college, because I wasn't really sure what I want to be. I even thought about, and you're going to laugh at this if you've ever played any drawing games, I thought about being an art major at one point. I like the art teacher. And, and I'm a horrible drawer. I'm a hor- my staff will tell you, we did a thing at our Christmas staff party, and whatever the word or the phrase was, it stopped whenever I drew it. Isn't that right, Aaron? It, it stopped right there. Okay, amen, yeah. Um, but But you start to kind of, you kind of look in your minds and you go, these are the things that, that we enjoy doing. Our lives are that way. Sometimes we, we get into a routine where if you look back and if you don't have anybody that's accountable to you in your life, you look at it, you look at all the things you've done in the last year and you realize, I did a lot of the same things all of the time. And they were probably based on what you liked. So if you felt good about doing this, you would do it all the time. If this entertained you, you would do it all the time. If there's a certain uh, subject that, that was that was your uh, of, of to your fancy, that's what you did. You spent all your time doing. And what we see is that, that a lot of times we don't accomplish anything. So rather than, than making progress, we just live where we feel good. I'll give you a quick history lesson this morning about the prophet Jeremiah, because he's going to talk to us about where we are, where we need to be, and, and kind of God's purpose for us. Prophet Jeremiah lived in the middle of an interesting time. He was a major prophet in the Old Testament. He was God's messenger to the nation of Israel when they were in a very difficult time. The book of Jeremiah was addressed to the nation of Israel who were captive captives or in captivity in Babylon. And while they were there, they were asked to do all kinds of things that they did not want to do. And so, there was a tendency for them to get bitter. There was a tendency for them to say, life is not fair. And as I share that with you today, some of us find ourselves in similar circumstances. We feel the same way. It's not fair and the things we do. But they were taken from their their country and put in Babylon and asked to do things. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. When Nebuchadnezzar was there, the king, he told them, you're going to be my chosen group. You're going to lead all of my troops and all of my wise people. But here's how you have to live and eat. And you remember what Daniel said. It's called the famous Daniel diet in the first part of Daniel. He said, you know, that if you would allow me to, to live like I'm supposed to and do what I think God wants me to do, I will show you that I will be very capable to do what you asked me to do. And you remember the story. He did that. He stayed away from the things that they asked him to stay away from. And the king was so excited, he made Daniel the leader of his whole troop, all of his troops. They, they followed his lifestyle. Why do I share that with you this morning? Because you and I get stuck in a place in our lives where we just kind of Some of us go with the flow. Whatever way the wind blows, that's the way we go. So we live in a society today, and you know what? I said this to first service too. The good old days weren't always the good old days. So when you listen to those of us who are at a certain age in life, and we talk about, there were tough things when we were young. We just didn't have a media that lifted it out every time something weird happened. The weird things you never really heard about. So today we hear about all these things going on. We live in a society that tells us this is how you have to believe or you're intolerant or you're wrong or you're judgmental or they they throw these words at you. And and sometimes what we get caught in is we go, okay, we we don't want to cause any problems. And my goal this morning is not to finish 2019 by telling you to be rebels and cause a problem. But my goal this morning is for you to understand as we look in Jeremiah 29, he shares with us some important principles that we need to live by that will make us finish 2019 and move, move into 2020. The nation of Israel, trapped in a place and time that was not how they thought they would be living and they had to exist. Maybe that was 2019 for you and me. But one foot in front of the other, not too excited, but getting by, missing the joy of abundant life that Christ came to give us, back to Jeremiah. So we witnessed this group of people who were just going through the motions. And his message was aimed at at getting them to see where they were at. Stuck in neutral, which allows things to affect us that have no business taking away from God's will. Let me build on that for a minute this morning. You know the old saying, it's hard to steer a vehicle that's not moving. It's either in neutral or park. But, But what's happening is not only are you not going anywhere, and this kind of maybe would describe some of our lives today, things that have no business staying with you or catching back up to you in your life are there because you're not going anywhere. And one of the things God wants us to be able to do this morning is to take that plan He has for us and, and realize that. And you're going to hear this in 29:11. 20, it's planned for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. That's what I want to share with you today, as we look at it. Our perspective is so important as we face each day. As we face each day, if we feel like everyone's out to get us, it can be hard to move forward. One of my, the writers I like is a gentleman by the name of Matthew Henry. He wrote around the turn of the century in 1900. He says this, and I really like it this morning as we look at this area of our our sermon title is Perseverance Hanging in There on the screen behind me. We often do not know our own minds. But the Lord is never at an uncertainty. We are sometimes ready to fear that God's designs are all against us. But as to his own people, even that which seems evil is for good. He will give them, and I like this this concept, not the expectations of their fears, (coughs) excuse me, or the expectations of their fancies. Wow. Excuse me. But the expectations of their faith. The end he has promised, which will be the best for them. Did you catch that? Sometimes we fear that God's designs are all against us, but he will not give us the expectations of our fears or our fancies, which are our wishes or our desires, but he will give us the expectations of our faith. And what I see that this morning for you and me to, to live by at the end of 2019 is to say, God, you've given me this faith for a reason. And although there's all this stuff going on around me and the things that I struggle with and the things I can't understand and the things that just don't seem to make any sense, my faith in you is going to give me the chance to see you at work in my life. That's where we pick up Jeremiah in the 29th chapter. The first thing that he tells the people, and I grab it out of verse 7, is to stay in the center of God's will, actually verse 7 and verse 10. Jeremiah 29, 7 says this, Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. I like the way the message said it, and I think I threw it on a slide. Make yourselves at home there and work for the country's welfare. Pray for Babylon's well-being. If things go well for Babylon, things go well for you. Jeremiah sees that the people are feeling sorry for themselves. So he exhorts them to realize they've got a responsibility just like you and I do. Work hard where, when they're not looking over the fence to see that the grass is greener on the other side. Stay where God put them and go for it. Here's what I want you to hear from me this morning, from his word. God's got this plan. He puts us in this plan, and rather than sit there and go, I don't like this plan, it's not good, I don't like anything going around me, he says, work to prosper so the people around you will prosper. So maybe this morning, some of us need to just get a little jump start and realize that God's got this amazing plan for us to, to keep going on all the things we did. We're just finishing 2019. He's got some great things He wants to do. So we stay in the center of, in, of God's will. There's a Hebrew word that I found in, in the, the seventh verse, and, it's, and you know what it is. It's, I wrote it this way. Utilize shalom, a satisfied condition, a state of peacefulness, a sense of well-being as you live for God. The Hebrew translation has this great concept, and I used a bunch of words today in my message to kind of give you a good idea. It, it's for us to stay in a great place, a sense of well-being. you Shalom is peace. But there are days when you and I don't sense his peace, when we're not in that, that place, that sense of well-being. But yet he tells us to stay because that's his desire for us. If you've never experienced Jesus in your life, and you've never asked Him to be your personal Savior, here's one of the things I want to share with you this morning. He will give you and I forgiveness of sin and peace over situations that we have struggled with all of our lives. And there's not a better feeling. And then He puts together this plan, and as Jeremiah tells us, as we're to stay in the center of His will, we see that that, uh, even though it's not perfect where we live, it's not health and wealth, but it completely is where He wants us. Verse 10. Same chapter. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. Two words that I see out of that, that verse. Tob and Debar, two Hebrew words. Rely on Tob, which is moral goodness as opposed to moral evil. I'll build on that in a minute. And Debar, which is God's promise and account of actions taken. Here's what he's telling us. The Hebrew for gracious promise goodness for actions taken, that is where we, we have if we hang in there, tobe and Daybar. So if you're going to give up today, and you've already decided that how you're living and what you're doing and what you're, you're involved with is not worth it, remember that he tells us here, Jeremiah says to his people, God has a promise for you. And, and as he promises you that, he's going to put you in an area of goodness and not moral evil. There are days when I feel like moral evil is everywhere. And God reminds me, here's what I've got for you. And he he says it to these people who are in captivity. He says there's there's these these, um, actions taken. It's this promise I've given you. And in that promise, he says to you and me, I am with you. So he tells us to stay where we are. Then he says to obey, verse 11. Obey God's will for you. And you know the verse, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future, and hope that was my, if you remember the, the days in the history of Mountain View, that was my password code to get into all my stuff until Aaron told the whole world that was my password. Jeremiah 29 11. It's a great thing to, to, to live by. Here's what he says. The two words that I see are, are hasach and mabsach, which mean God's thinking and God's intentions for us. Jeremiah tells us that God is thinking about us, you and me, and, and that's comforting. Knowing that God has intentions for us. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. But there's another concept. And here's where the Hebrews did a good job of building this foundation. Know the future. Abrecht. And this is what they describe it as. Backing into the future while looking where we've been. It's a rowboat picture. So what he tells us is that that one of the things that God wants us to do, and we know the plans he has for us, plans for good and not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. That future means that it's kind of a rowboat syndrome. If you're a fisherman, and we have a number of good fishermen in this, I had two guys last service, I have another one here, they're professional fishermen, they will tell you that it's a little tough to, to take your people fishing down the Deschutes or wherever you go, and you row backwards. Because you're not going to be able to see really where you're going. But one of the things about a rowboat is, you sit backwards, it's, you get the strength around it, and what the Hebrews tell you in this passage is that you're to look where you've been as you move forward into the future. I see good and bad in that concept. I see good in the sense of it's always important for us to see where we've been and what we've come through. Always important. I shared with First Service, I was sitting in the room with three young ministers about six months ago, and they looked me in the eye and said, oh, we don't pay attention to history. We're only going to deal with what's coming up, we're going to be modern, we're going to be relevant to today. And I let them spout all their stuff, and then I quietly said, and what about learning from your mistakes? That's one of the things that the Hebrews tell us. We learn from our mistakes, but we're continuing to move forward forward into the future and the hope that God gives us. Are you stuck today where you're living? You haven't really let God take control of your life. You haven't really allowed him to, to move you beyond stuck in neutral. I do think it's important to roll the boat frontwards too. Because I think as you, you see we're going into 2020, you begin to see what's coming up. You remember what's behind and you move on from it. We learn where we came from and, and we move on. But if we don't look forward, we're not anticipating the future And the hope that he has for us. So as we obey his will, we benefit from his plans for the future that brings hope. Are you backing into your days ahead as you finish 2019? Listen to what Jeremiah says to the group and he's saying to us, stay in the middle of God's promise and that action that's desired from that promise and obey his will because you know his plans are for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. There's one more. And he goes to verse 12, and it's pray without ceasing. It's a a familiar term, but he says in in verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Here's the two key Hebrew words that I like. Kara and Sama. Be specific. Calling upon the name of God. Know that God will listen, which is Sama, to hear and understand. He specifically, Jeremiah tells you and I, to present our requests. And, And as I looked in this Idea of Kara and Sama, there were so many concepts there built by the Hebrew tradition. And here's one of them Jeremiah reminded his people of how important prayer was. And you guys are looking at me saying, John, I pray. But he reminded them in the midst of being stuck in a routine and being stuck in neutral and feeling sorry for themselves, when you specifically call on the name of God, which is Kara, it gives you the ability to realize and be reminded that He hears and listens and understands. Why is that important for us? Because a lot of us pray one time and we think we're never going to get an answer that we we think we're supposed to get. And what Jeremiah reminds the people in captivity, and he reminds us today, is the act of prayer, the specifically calling on the name of the Lord, gives us the, the ability to know that he hears and understands. One of the concepts they said, and I thought it was fascinating, was as you are specific it stands against the curse that is upon you. And I, I don't believe in that aspect of it other than the fact that as, as I put myself in a position not to see God at work in my life, I just get discouraged. And he says to us, karasama means that we are specifically calling on the Lord, on the name of God, and we know that he hears us. This is the end of 2019. There are things that you and I have called out to the Lord all year long. And I want you to be reminded through these words today that when we call on his name, he hears us. One more thought from Matthew Henry about prayer. You see it on the screen. When the Lord pours out an, a special spirit of prayer, which means even a greater one, it is a good sign, and catch this, that he's coming towards us in mercy. Promises are given to quicken and encourage prayer. It is a good sign that he's coming toward us in mercy. Calling on the name of the Lord, knowing that the Lord hears us, means stay, Stay where he's put you. And some of us want to quickly jump out and then obey because we know that God has a plan for us. His intentions, his thinking is about your life and mine, and he knows what we want to do. And then he says to pray, specifically call in the name of the Lord. Let me, let me give you kind of an age-related concept of that. When I was young, my prayers were focused on everything that made me feel better. great school junior high, high school. It was all about kind of, you know, getting me through this test and getting me through this struggle and this friendship. And I wasn't a huge dater, so it wasn't like, Lord, you know, help these girls to notice me. But um, I I just waited for the right one, and I found her. and uh, but, But that was more of a focus on the little things that I needed. Then I got into college, and I realized, hey, now my prayers are focused on, God, what are you asking me to do? What career do you have in mind for me? What do you want me to do to make a difference in your world? And, and he began to kind of lay some things out for me. And, and so my prayers focused on that. Then I, I got married, and I realized I had a lot to learn, so my prayers were more along that. And then we had kids, and then I realized I knew nothing, and so my prayers were more along the lines of Lord, help. And we went through the ages of babies and grade schoolers, and well, I forgot about twos and all that. And, and, and now, as I'm in my life, my prayers are more of Lord. There are so many people in this world that are hurting I want you to come to know them. I want you to be a part of their lives I want you to to write what's going on in our world and and it becomes much more of a focus outwards outward and that's what jeremiah tells us today in the area of kara sama And that's what I want you to be challenged with this morning And as you pray, you know that that there's He's coming towards you in mercy, and and some of you need to hear that as you finish 2019 because you've just been struggling through this whole area of your life. My application slide shows you two things, a verse that I think will tie this very well together and a picture of a rowboat, and I want you to listen to this verse as you see it, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And then you see the rowboat. And here's how I want to close this morning. I want to give you a chance to begin to reflect again about where you've come in 2019. And the things that you've experienced and the things that have challenged you and the things that have given you victory. We we listen all kinds of fun stuff from from grandbabies being born to in the first service we had two couples that got married this last year and all these things that are exciting for us to celebrate knowing that there's there's a heartache that you always carry with you. For some of you maybe it's a a, a work that he's going to he's going to carry on to completion and you need to be reminded of that today. But before we get there I want to remind you of something that the Lord always challenges me with. Who is and you saw the line, The next line, if you go to the next slide, the things I want you to think about is things I need to trust God with to see through to, to completion. Things I need to trust God with to see through to completion. Who is it that God's not able to reach through you and me because we're not carrying through to completion what he's asked us to do? Who is it that in our own self-focused way, in our own way that makes us feel good, we are stopping and he's saying to us, Stay, obey, and pray, and see God do a great work in you because his plans are for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And by me saying, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm here, I'm stopping right here. He will carry it on to completion in the day of the Lord. And you know what? I can't wait to see who God reaches through you and me, who he reminds us again of of needing that love. John 10.10 says, when Christ is talking, he said, I have come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. I, I, I see a world that needs to see abundant life. That needs to experience abundant life. And I see the world that needs to see it through me first. So they understand that, that I look here and, and the things I need to trust God with to see through to completion will, will free me up to experience abundant life. That's how I want in end 2019. That's how I want to to see God at work and see him. Imagine if every person here this morning did several things. One said, Jesus, you come into my heart and my life. I ask you for forgiveness of my sins. And as I see that forgiveness, you give me the chance to to have victory over sin. And then your word tells me that I'll have eternal life. So victory over sin and death. And then it says, take up your cross daily and follow me. And as you listen to that list of people at the, beginning of that, at the beginning of our message that I read out of Hope Quotient and all the things those people struggled with, and they said, you know what, it's the completion of my faith that makes a difference. Who will God then release that abundant life to? Imagine today if we all stepped out the door and saw that happening, and all of a sudden people started praying and, and weeping with us and seeing God do miraculous things and it started with Mountain View and then it started with all those people and those people went to the next people and before you know it, we had all these people in the world that were learning to stay, obey, and pray because of Jeremiah's message to some people who were miserable. You're finishing 2019. You're moving into 2020. We're going to talk about, what's your 20? have got several police officers in our congregation. 1020, what's your location? Where's your heart? We're going to talk about that next week. And as we begin to see this, God has an amazing plan for us in a very positive way. Would you pray with me as the worship team comes? This morning with your heads bowed, no one looking around, I'm just going to ask you a quick question, and it's a question I love to ask. And as we finish the year, has anybody ever asked if you want to know Jesus as your personal Savior? And if you've never had a chance to answer that question with no one looking around, would you slip up your hand today and say, you know what, John? I'd like to accept Jesus as my personal Savior just before we close. Yes. Yes. Thanks for your word, God, and the truth of your word. Thank you for the presence here, Holy Spirit, that we sense, and thank you for the lives that were changed this morning that said, I want to know you as as my personal Savior. You brought us here today. Holy Spirit, you've continued to speak to us. You challenge us. Your word is tremendous. And now we want to see things completed as we move forward into 2020. Thanks, Lord. Thanks for your love and your power and your joy. In your name. Amen. A couple of things come to mind. First of all, those of you who said you want to know Jesus, we've got great materials at the eye table. love to have you pick some up. Come and find one of us. We'd love to talk you through it, pray through it, we're excited for you today, we rejoice together that uh, you're part of God's family the second thing is that as you finish up 2019, I've just used this month of December to pray a prayer of blessing over you as a congregation and I want to finish this last Sunday by just praying a prayer of blessing God, I, I just pray that your strength and your power and your love and your joy and your peace will rest in our hearts and our lives forever Amen. You just missed.